It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having a great day. It is Friday. It's the last day of the week. That is always nice. But hey, we've got in two of the next four days, game three and game four. And I am very happy to welcome one of the best folks covering all of sports in Memphis here to talk to me about the NBA playoffs and the Grizzlies, Mr. Clayton Collier from Local 24. Clayton, how are you this afternoon or morning, sir? I'm doing well, Sean, and thank you. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of people that that cover this uh, this team incredibly well, yourself included. Um, and you know, it, it's uh, I'm I'm honored to be joined to be joining you on the podcast here. Uh, we, we we got a heck of a week ahead. We've we've had a, a heck of a couple weeks so far, uh, and and now it reaches kind of the, the the pinnacle to to this point with uh, games three and game four on the horizon. Yep, and it's crazy, you know, and the reason why I wanted to reach out to Clayton is because Clayton, you know, getting just has a wonderful perspective from how long he's covered Memphis sports, but now getting back to things kind of being normal off the pandemic. But, you know, Clayton, it was always going to be wonderful to get back to normal, but now the NBA playoffs are here. How excited are you just from being out in public and seeing the reception? How excited do you think Memphis is to have playoff basketball back in the forum where fans can attend. Yeah, I said it before the uh, the Spurs home game, you know, there there's we always keep talking about back to normal, but now we're we're getting back to to the grit and grind era normal that Memphis is used to where, you know, playoff basketball becomes an expectation and, you know, I, I think Memphis was expecting to reach that point with John Moran and Jaron Jackson Jr., Brandon Clark next gen leading the way. Um I don't think that they thought it was really going to be quite this soon that you know yeah maybe they'll get up to the eighth seed and you know um but but to be playing competitive basketball through these first two games to split out in utah against the number one seed and then you know be down 20 at half and have john morant go off and and make it a game down to the wire um you know i I think memphis is obviously elated and they should be because you have a star that's blossoming that you know could reach these heights but i mean to to put up 73 points more than anybody since the NBA was founded in the, you know, 40, 49, 50 season. I mean, we're talking about, you know, new ground, unfounded territory for just how good, um, you know, John Moran is and how good the, this next gen can be. And the other thing that I'll ask Clayton going even a bit further, you know, the month of May has been pretty good to the Grizzlies over the past three years when we had Mays going on three out of the four years. May 2018, land the rights that led us to Jaron Jackson Jr. Obviously, 2019, John Morant. And then this year, obviously, playoff basketball. But let's go back to the last time we had basketball news in May, which is 2019. I know you were there to cover it. Chris Wallace, J.B. Bickerstaff on their way out. We had not announced a coach. But just when you look back then and the craziness that's occurred over the past 24 months, did you think we would be back here this quickly at this point? And just how special is it to have the narratives completely different this May compared to the last time we had basketball news in May? Yeah, I mean, I remember that day. I 
don't believe I was actually there covering it, but I was anchoring for us that day. And I remember like, you know, we had somebody getting us the sound um, and I just remember sitting down to cut it. And then it's like, well, all of this from that entire day is now useless, basically. Um, you know, as a growing up a New York Mets fan, I've seen some wild and wacky seasons and everything. And that particular season was reminiscent of that when you had the sauna on fire or you had the, you know, the wrong Brooks getting possibly traded and everything else. And um, so, you know, to go from that to where you are now in, in two years, um, it's really striking to just see how, how ahead of schedule they are um, going from that point. Yeah. The Atlanta Braves. Thank you. Yes. I remember shouting Larry very well from, from the Raptors and, and, you know, um, for the Mets. So uh, he's, he's ruined more than one Mets game for me over the years, but, um, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's just incredible to see how, how ahead of schedule there. I mean, we talk about that part of the summer in May, but how about, um, you know, the lottery, what was that, the end of May or the beginning of June that year when, when you see just obviously how it panned out with John Moran. I remember sitting on my couch, I've never been so excited to watch ping pong balls, you know, and, you know, or <laughs> how, how the ping pong balls ran, rounded out for everything. So um, it, that, that was just an incredible day. And who would have thought that you'd be questioning, you know, at least through year two, if you would, if you would be redrafting the 2019 draft, just how maybe everybody would go about it knowing what they know now. Agree completely. And that's the other thing that I'll ask because, you know, we had talked about before we started the show, you came into Memphis the day that Tony Allen signed with New Orleans. And I think that that's kind of, you know, that carries relevance because that was a, a, a son of the city, someone that this city loved. It clearly was the sign that the Grit Grind era was ended. He was moving on. Talk about a little bit about from that point until we drafted John Morant and then up from the point that we drafted John till now, just how much of a difference is it that this city has someone that it can fall in love with again in terms of a sports figure, but someone whose talent we truly have never had? I'm sure it's changed the dynamic of the sports scene entirely in the city. Absolutely. And, you know, there are teams and franchises that hang on to a dynasty too long to the point where they're not able to get something on the back end of it. Memphis, did they they spend a season or two trying to hold on to grit and grind? Yeah, but eventually they moved forward and they were still able to get a heck of a lot of value out of that. I mean, you the, those two trades are about, you know, not, I don't want to say as much of the foundation of this team, but I mean, you know, they you have Jonas Valanciunas that you got out of it. You have all the picks and everything that led to, you know, Grayson Allen along the way and, you know, uh, DeAnthony Melton and everybody else that's, that's come into the fold as a result of this. So, you know, the fact that they, it, it felt for a while like they were hanging on too long to something that was already gone uh, with grit and grind. Like I remember uh, after they, they picked Jaron Jackson Jr. I remember, uh, Chris Wallace came down and the very first thing he said in that press conference was we have a real shot of getting grit and grind back tonight and that wasn't really the message that it should have been but you have you you did get a a critical piece um to what you're going to have moving forward with the next generation so he was right in that you know they were moving forward but they were also able to pivot in enough time to be able to get um quality value for the assets that they had from grit and grind still no, but I think you hit on a great point. I mean, when you look at the starting lineup, Clayton, 
Jaw and Jaron were obviously our big draft picks. Dylan was a draft pick as well, and then Kyle Anderson was a big free agent signing. But then when you go Jonas and you go the rest of the rotation players until the draft picks this year, that's all due to the Mark and Mike trade. So I think that you bring up a great point. So we talk with Clayton a bit about how things have gotten to where they are, but what about where they are right now? Coming up, I'm going to talk with Mr. Collier about how the Grizzlies have gotten here where they are this year and how much of a surprise but joy it has been. Locked on Grizzlies episode is brought to you by the Locker Room app. Changing the way we talk about sports. Last night we had our weekly show, Let's Talk Grizzlies, talking all things John Morant and the Grizzlies opening round series against the Utah Jazz. Make sure to join us next week as we continue our weekly episode on the Locker Room app. Go to your Android or App Store, download the free app, create a free profile, join the chat rooms, and look for us every Thursday night at 8. Join the Locker Room app, changing the way we talk about sports. So when it comes to the summer, and I imagine, you know, in general, any time of the year, uh, many of us want to get healthier. We want to be put in a better shape as far as, you know, our health goes. And it's not just being able to run a marathon or bike 50 miles. It's eating healthier. And one of the best ways to do that is to smart small but take a significant step, and that's a good-tasting protein bar like Built Bar. Built Bar is actually the best-tasting protein bar out there on the market. It's got all the great tastes of a candy bar, but actually has the health benefits of a protein bar. And Regardless of what taste you enjoy, Built Bar is likely to have it. Over 18 different flavors to choose uh, from at BuiltBar.com. And if you go to BuiltBar.com, you can put in the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. Once you make Built Bar a Built Bar a part of your day, I think it's going to be there to stay. Go to BillBar.com, put in the promo code LOCKED15 or locked fifteen, and get 15% off your next order. From Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former SportsCenter anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, so Clayton, we had a wonderful run in April. You know, so many games and so many days, it felt like I'm sure from your end, it was on my end, a game every night almost. And we play so well in April, but then we struggle starting at the end of April, getting into early May. But then the last week of the season, season we just click. What what seemed to stand out to you as to why we were able to get out of that rut and get onto this hot streak that has now led to the playoffs, obviously? Yeah, I mean, when, when you add somebody back into the fold that that hasn't been there for a year with Jaron, obviously you're going to have struggles with trying to, um, you know, get the rotation working, get, you know, that chemistry again. Um, and that's, that's nothing against Jaron Jackson Jr. That's just, you know, how basketball is, especially when you have a younger team. Um, so, you know, the tinkering with the rotation as a result of that, you know, with <laughs> data accumulation was, uh, was involved at one point, but um 
the fact that they were able to get over that hump, I think that's that's a credit to the coaching staff and that's a credit to the mentality of what this team has. I mean, um, I was just so impressed by that game one effort when you have, you know, Desmond Bain holding his shot at the end of that third quarter, staring people down, not afraid. You have, you know, Ja in the, the Warriors game where, um, you know, I believe it was Poole who had the foul on him and then Draymond was holding him. And then you have Xavier Tillman screaming off the bench. Like you're talking about rookies and that mentality and the, the maturity beyond the years for this team, I think is something that really we don't talk enough about because, you know, they, I think this year they are the second youngest team in the NBA. They're the youngest team in 10 years to make the playoffs. And, you know, I go back to Xavier, Xavier Tillman senior, he acts like a senior um, and he's a rookie. And, uh, I think that really carried them over at a point that that team could have completely faltered in a way that they they sort of did in the play-in game when they they played just well enough to still make that play-in game uh, in the bubble when you had that, you know, when there's a lot, they were a lot greener and they had a lot happen where, you know, Justice and Jaron went by the wayside and, and the team really kind of faltered and couldn't recover. Instead, you have Jaron coming back, some issues back and forth, and they're able to really, you know, kind of, get over that hump and, and get to what we've seen now where we've had, you know, uh, the Grizzlies win three straight up until game two. And I think you hit the nail on the head a bit with an, with an opportunity about this team that's not talked enough about, in my opinion. When you look at Jonas Valanciunas, like, he's 29. He's having the best year of his career. It's obvious with him. But you look at Dylan, you look at Jaw, and how they've improved. Their maturity and leadership are certainly beyond their years. But one thing that's come together for them, Clayton, their offensive games have clicked at the right time like they've taken that step forward at the right time I think a lot of it is because they're playing together just how big has it been that that duo has stepped up when we needed to more than ever so referring to to Ja and Dylan offensive game of being able to be the go-to scorers over the past two weeks to get through these elimination games in game one and two yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, the the transformation of Dylan Brooks is something that I still marvel at when when you're watching. I mean, we were talking in the bubble, just like get him to stop making shots, get him, you know, get him off the court was kind of what was all over social media. And the man's reinvented himself into, you know, the, this defensive, you know, pesky, you know, Lance Stevenson blowing in the ear type that, you know, any any playoff team would love to have. Um, and any other team hates to have. So, you know, he's infuriating. And, and I think what amazes me is, is you know it's going to happen. Like, you know, you, I remember thinking this in Portland when he infuriated uh, Damian Lillard. It's like, you know he's going to do it. Like, how is, how is he repeatedly so effective against getting you, you know, off of your game and kind of getting in your head like that if you know it's coming? Um, and, you know, that's probably easier said than done when, you know, we're, we're sitting in the stands versus on the court there. Um, but, man, is he effective at, at taking people out of their game. I'm curious to see how that plays out throughout, you know, the rest of this series because I'm sure it's more effective when it first hits you. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Dylan Brooks was still in foul trouble. He still managed to have 23 points in that game and be a, be a force, you know, in that comeback. And, I mean, we, we talked about it already. I mean, John Morant is just um, – on his way to stardom and and I think nationally the respect was there but now kind of the um the the attention and the spotlight is now coming and I think that's not going away anytime soon for John Morant 
The other thing that really stands out about this team, in my opinion, that's awesome is there's there's a lot to admire and just love. Like I, I don't want to be you know you know awkward and say this team is lovable, but they are. I, I mean, you know, it seems like everybody loves John ja Morant. Everybody loves the type of player that Dylan is, unless you're playing against him. But it starts with Coach Jenkins, and these players love playing with Coach Jenkins because of the confidence he instills in them and builds up in them. Just I know the challenges and all that different stuff for growth areas, but overall, this Coach Jenkins has checked a lot of boxes that lets you know he's the guy here for a long time, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he there's a there's an overwhelming amount of optimism that he's that he's put in, which I'm sure helps when you, when you talk about you know building confidence for a young team. Um, you know, after a bad loss, you know, talking about the effort, the learning opportunities, it's a little repetitive and um, for, for us when we're in a post-game news conference. But, um, you know, I, I think that, that that certainly has helped with this team and that mentality. Um, you know, you talk about them being lovable. I think you know, grit and grind is something that was so lovable in this city because it was against the grain and they were going against what the modern NBA was. Um, this is the modern NBA and Memphis is winning at the game, and that's the difference. It's not, you know, we're we're beating you with a different game. It's no, we're we're playing that same game, and Memphis is is right up there. So I think that's something that that you know, as enjoyable as grit and grind is in its own box, I think Memphis now has you know a very different scenario, and it's very exciting when you see that when it's you know you have that guy that you Memphis probably never would have gotten in free agency, um, you know, with with John Morant. Um, you know, the guys that you could always dream about trying to get that would probably go to, you know, a, a large, um, you know, a larger market or something along those lines. So you have that guy now and you have the, the pieces around him to make it happen. And the thing is, is that having the pieces around him to make it happen is certainly something that is is wonderful to see. And it's been there for most of the year. But coming up with Clayton, we're going to talk a bit more about how those pieces need to step up for the Grizzlies to make this series remain competitive against Utah. We're almost a full week into the NBA playoffs. We're nearly through the first round of the NHL playoffs, and we are nearly two months into the MLB season. But the great thing about it is, is that no matter what sport you cheer for, if betting and wagering is a part of what makes your fandom fun as a fan, the place that has you covered is betonline.ag. Betonline, the fastest and easiest way for you to be able to do all your sports betting action in one place. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Betonline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. Visit BetOnline.ag today. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON when you head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. 
The summer is here, and as, for instance, this weekend, me and my family are going out of town, so obviously if you're going to be on the road more, you want to make sure your car is working as good as possible, but if for some reason parts need to be repaired or replaced, there's one place that has you that covered, and that's rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a great place for a variety of reasons. Within a few clicks of the button, it's very easy to use. You're likely going to find what you need, because regardless of the make and model or the part that you're looking for, it's likely going to be found at rockauto.com. Say you're someone like me who has to have others do your repairs, you can do your own repairs, or you do repairs for a living for others. Rockauto.com is a great source because it's very cost-friendly. This is a family-owned business. They've been in business for over 20 years. They know that car parts typically fall on the budget, so they want to make things as economically feasible as possible. When you go to rockauto.com, let them know that the Locked On Podcast Network sent you rockauto.com, amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the car parts you will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, is Nikola Jokic enough for the Nuggets. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with great host Peter Bukowski on the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast here with sports anchor from Local 24, Clayton Collier. Of course, the Locked On Podcast Network, now part of the Tegna Network, Local 24 as well. Me and Clayton have gotten to know each other a bit this year. Wonderful, wonderful gentlemen. Memphis could not be in better hands when it comes to covering sports. And so now, Clayton, probably one of the more exciting assignments that you have, obviously, is the playoffs. Games one and two, you love the fight. You love the fact that we stole one in Utah. But there are some concerns, obviously, what stands out to you as the biggest source of encouragement, but also the biggest source of concern going into game three? Yeah, I mean, it has to be the three-point shooting because, you know, you have Donovan Mitchell who who comes back and goes off, um, you know, 19 threes as a team. Their average is, I think, 16.7 in the regular season. Um, you got away with that because, you, in part, because you didn't have Mitchell, but Memphis is going to have to step up their perimeter defense. This team is so dangerous when it comes to spacing out the floor. It's easy to really, for it to get away from you so fast, like we saw in that second quarter in game two. So, um, you know, you can't rely. I say you can't rely. Maybe you can the way he's been doing, but you can't rely on John Moran to to shoot the lights out and get you back into a game and see what happens. They're going to have to lock down and keep, um, you know, Utah under their average. Um, You know, game one, shooting 26% on 12 of, uh, of, what was that, 47 shooting in that first game. Um, that's not going to happen again, but I, I think you he, he have to try to keep them. If you can get them to, to like 14 or 15 threes a game and, you know, or at least at a, a, a much lower percentage, um, I think that that gives you a better shot there. But obviously the, the danger there of having Mike Conley, um, you know, Joe Ingles, um, you know, uh, Donovan Mitchell on the perimeter, and then you have, you know, guys like Rudy Gobert, um, and, you know, Bogdanovich, who can go off on you as well and drop 20 points like he did in the, the fourth quarter of game one. Um, they're a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous offensive team. We're seeing why they're the top seed in the West. Yeah, and it's been kind of a reverse of fortunes for Memphis. The quartet of Jaw, Dylan, Kyle, and Jonas have been so well together. You know, they that's what stood out in the first game. But it's always been those four with the shooter. But Grayson, Dylan, or Grayson Desmond Bain, Anthony and Jaron Jackson Jr. all are struggling right now. I mean, that's the key is the three-pointers. Just any idea on your end of what you feel may get them going? We're going to have to specify more schemes to get those guys good looks. We're going to have to to make this, you know, a series. Yeah, and I mean, also, it's not easy for Jaron 
but um, you know, I think it's interesting we're seeing him kind of fall into the the same traps that we had with foul trouble in these first games that, you know, uh, a little regression there, maybe not the best time. Granted, that was a much tighter call game two than, than we saw in game one where they allowed the physicality to go back and forth. I think that was a little bit of a, a responsive to just how physical um, and, you know, some of the extracurriculars that went on there in game one. Uh, so I'm interested to see maybe how it looks when we get back, you know, uh, when we see the Grizzlies come back to Memphis here, um, you know, how, how the officiating will go with that. But um, that was a real problem for Memphis in that first half. Um, and, you know, to, to see them come out in the third quarter as they did, you know, even with Jonas, Dylan, and Jaron all have three fouls. Um, I'm interested to see how it goes. But to answer your question, I mean, with, um, you know, Grayson Allen also coming back off of the injury, he hasn't really been the same since he's come back in. Um, it's tough. And, and to try to get that, that second lockdown kind of defender when Dylan isn't on, we haven't seen too much of that so far. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm interested to see how it goes because that, that rotation, um, that's what helped them also get, get past the Warriors as well. So we'll, we'll see what, um, you know, what comes when they're back home. And then, Clayton, we'll finish up with this because I know we hinted at it at the first question in the first segment, but one other thing that's awesome about this, we get playoff basketball back in the grindhouse. You yourself came on right after the season in which the last time we won a game there, which was Mike Conley's performance in game four of the 17 playoffs. That Spurs game a few weeks ago, it felt like it, and half the stadium was filled. This time, it's going to be more field. Just what are you most excited about? And I really do think the energy is going to help the Grizzlies get at least one of the next two games. Yeah, I mean, every every office I've been in, every, uh, you know, cubicle that I've, you know, passed through, you know, whether it's my office or when I've gone somewhere for like a building, you know, for an interview, there's always some growl towel from that era that's, you know, uh, on the cork board and somebody's like, you know, they're, they're, the license plates that have the Grizz on the bat. Like, this is what I'm told, like, just wait until you see this is what I've been told basically for four years. And I was told that, you know, in the Tubby Smith era with the Tigers when, you know, there were 1,500 fans in there for, you know, some cupcake non-conference games. And then suddenly Penny comes in and you have, you know, packed out for Tennessee. It was kind of, that was like that, this is what it's like moment, essentially. And so now I'm, I'm excited to, to get a feel for that with, you know, uh, being over 10,000 fans, um, being inside FedEx Forum for games three and game four, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see if um, that's the, you know, if, it, if they can increase it a little bit, if there's a game six or, you know, if the Grizzlies are, uh, you know, fortunate enough to advance to the second round, but, you know, they've, uh, it, it's go time with that. It, it's, it's the pinnacle of, you know, what, what you expect in, in Memphis in terms of the sports scene is playoff NBA basketball, the Grizzlies out on Beale Street, you know, play into advance. And, you know, sure enough, I mean, I, I just can't get over the storyline of it. You know, it, it's too perfect in, in terms of that you have the eight seed on the rise, their first playoff series, a star young point guard trying to knock off the one seed. And sure enough, like the guy that, that M, M, you know, was all about that and, and was the face of that or a face of that, Mike Conley is now the guy 10 years later standing against them. It's, you know, uh, it would be too corny if it was if it was a movie script, essentially. So uh, I'm excited to see how that goes. I'm excited to see the reception for Mike Conley. You know, they want to be warm and fuzzy all the time with, you know, a, a pillar of grit and grind. 
but uh, you know, I, I'm interested to see if Memphis, you know, tries to to get him off his uh, game a little bit by maybe surprising him with the the reception there as well. So that's something I'm I'm really interested to watch and uh, to, to see how this goes. It's going to be an exciting Memorial Day weekend down there for sure. You know, Clayton, I know that you are in the news field, but I'd be willing to bet that probably the best stories are the ones that write themselves and in today's world are full of nothing but positivity and many layers of that when it comes to this Grizzlies um, setup. But uh, Clayton, you know, obviously can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us. Obviously, folks know where to find you on TV. <laughs> uh, where can folks find the rest of your work at? And do you have any special projects coming up, obviously, around the Grizzlies or just Memphis, the Memphis sports scene in general? Uh, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. It's an honor. And, uh, you know, you're at this every day. And um, so I, I more power to you on that because uh, I know that. Um, throughout the course of a season, there there are podcasts that write themselves, and there's other ones that are uh, that probably you know you got to talk a, a little more in depth to to get yourself through a show. So um, exactly, thank you so much. Yep. Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at local twenty four Clayton. Um, in terms of projects coming up, um, I once we get past the postseason, or um, which I'm I'm happy to go as long as it as long as it is and enjoy the ride. But uh, I think John Rothstein says we sleep in May. Um, I, I'll sleep at some point in June or July is <laughs> probably next on deck after that. Um, but in, loving every second of it in the meantime. Yeah, the great thing is, is that this year, thankfully, we don't have to worry about the lottery. That's the wonderful thing about making the playoffs. You can get a bit of a month of sleep. But uh, Clayton, if you'll stick with us just a second after the show, you can again can find him, um, Clayton Collier, his great work all over social media as well as on um, Local 24. My name's Sean Coleman. This will not be the last time we talk with Clayton. Uh, but Clayton, thank you again so much. Um, and hopefully we're going to have plenty to cheer for, and uh, we'll have you back on soon. For sure. Thank you. For Clayton Collier, my name is Sean Coleman. Thanks so much for joining us. We will have a special Saturday edition of the show with a Game 3 preview um, of the Jazz and Grizzlies. But get ready, Grizz Nation. Playoff basketball is back in the grindhouse tomorrow night. For Clayton Collier, my name is Sean Coleman. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you again soon on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.